just so Scott Bryden won't worry about the time, I just wanted to say that I'm going to consider the communion my first point. Uh, turn over into Philippians chapter 3. appreciate uh, what Max was sharing. And uh, it's kind of a funny thing. We, we sort of live in this dichotomy as we are spiritual beings living in this flesh. Because there's spiritual truths that we know, we have deep convictions about. It helps so much to be surrounded by people with the same convictions and to be encouraged in those convictions. But often we also feel still the call or the, the drag of our sinful nature. And there's a contradiction happening because we have in one way made, been made perfect with Christ. And that perfection is that we've been made acceptable to Him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that just wonderful? That we can have a righteous relationship with Him through Jesus Christ, with God the Father. But Paul says, and we'll pick this up now in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12... He says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now it's interesting, Paul's been talking about this righteousness that he's received in Christ. And just how encouraging that is. And how it's so much better and more wonderful than anything he had as a simply religious person. Even though he'd known the law of Moses, he was following inspired writing. And the law that had been given by God through angels... It was a God-given religion, Judaism. And yet Paul could see that it so easily could be misused by humans, misappropriated. They take it and use it for their own purposes. And the law was intended to show us we can't be perfect. The whole point of the law was to bring us to our knees and say, God, I can't be perfect. But people find ways to follow the law and even pronounce themselves legalistically righteous. And so the purpose of the law is lost. God was trying to make us see our need for Christ. The law was added so that sin might increase. Not that we would literally sin more, but that our awareness of it would increase and we'd understand. So he says, not that I've already obtained all this. Now just a question, has anyone ever played on an escalator by running the wrong direction. Let's just be honest. Anyone done that? Okay, good. You know, I'm not the only one. And, uh, you know, some of the, some of the, the longest escalator I've ever been on is actually in Stockholm. Stockholm's built on like 21 islands or something. And there's a couple of those metro stations that just go down. The, the escalators just go, you know, forever. And if you start playing a game like that on one of those, running the wrong direction, you can be there for the rest of your life. <laughs> but you know, it's an interesting thing because the way the world is, the world has been corrupted. The world is subject to death and decay. The world is basically an escalator going down. 
And we can feel it. We can feel our character, you know, being bit by bit uh, broken by sin. We can feel our sense of righteousness and ability to come before God. Children don't struggle the way adults do. About just having a simple prayer and saying what's on their hearts to God. But it's our sin that blocks us. Our sinfulness. What's interesting though is, if you, if you see life in its, the, the world, so to speak, in its fallen state as a down escalator. I want you to understand that being saved means you've actually changed direction. See, being saved means you're actually on the up escalator now. And the goal's at the end, but you're moving up. But who has ever thought to themselves, this escalator is going a little too slow? I'm going to need to treat it like a moving set of stairs, and I need to, you know, take, I need to walk as I go. Isn't that? And that's fun too, right? You ever moved on a on a fast escalator, started running up the stairs, and you just fly in? You know, what little kid, you know, Justin has tagged with us through many airports. And, you know, you can't resist running on those moving floors. Because you know how fast you're going? This is kind of what Paul is talking about. When he talks about his straining forward, when he talks about him looking, looking at the goal, he isn't in any way disqualifying the amazing miracle of having the righteousness of Christ. What he's saying though is, I appreciate what God has done, and I appreciate where He's taking me, and I want to get there as fast as I can. I don't want to in any way make this escalator ride slower. And what does he say? You know, I, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. To win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, by faith we are saved. By faith we await the prize of eternal life in heaven. And we receive by faith a deposit of the Holy Spirit. We receive salvation now. But we're still in a somewhat imperfect version of our salvation. In that we're stuck in these bodies that won't inherit the kingdom of heaven, that aren't coming with us, that are actually, when you get to my age and older, you do realize the escalator's going down. Okay, physically, you know, you, you kind of feel like you're on an up escalator physically till about, well, right after youth corps. Eight, okay. You know, somewhere in those early 20s, for the first time, maybe you start feeling this. And, you know, and some people, sadly, don't even feel this as children growing up. They don't feel this energy... But the normal sort of average experience is this. You're young and you're alive and you can feel this incredible push. But you know, if you live long enough, you'll start to realize there's a peak. And it starts to go down. And inevitably, you die. No one has, you know, no one has beaten death except Jesus Christ. And so we are straining forward to the goal, the goal to be completely united with Christ, the goal to know Him as He knows us. It's important, he said, uh, Jesus Christ took hold of me, and I need to take hold of that. 
But it's Jesus Christ who chose us. It's not us that chose Him. He has the plan for our lives. Let's just read a little further. Verses 15 to 21. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join with others in following my example, brothers. And take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. You know, if we're mature, we should also be zealous. We should be straining. Zeal isn't something only for the young or for the immature. Oh yeah, we know that zeal without knowledge is, you know, it's not much good. But shouldn't zeal with knowledge be even better? Zeal by itself isn't much. Knowledge by itself isn't much. But zeal with knowledge shows that what we really understand Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, His grace for me was not without effect. I worked harder than all the others. Ephesians 2 talks about being saved by grace through faith. In order that we might do good works that He's prepared for us to do. It's important to get the salvation first. But just because there's salvation doesn't mean there's not something for us to do. But it's based in gratitude. It's based in the goal. It's based in the fact that He wants to make us like Him. And in this world, in this flesh, there's a resistance to that. There's a resistance from society. But there's also a resistance in our own beings. And we need to strain forward in the same way that Paul did. Are we accepting the righteousness of God? Are we accepting it as a, we are already changed direction completely. Whereas we were on the down escalator, and you know where that's heading, right? Through Jesus Christ, we've been transferred onto the up escalator. And we may arrive at the end older than we are now, a little more tired than we are now. You know, there may be some changes we go through, but the goal is to be transformed. To be more like Christ. You know, as we go through this week, I just encourage you. Don't worry about the direction. If you've been baptized, repented of your sin, become a disciple of Jesus, He's put you on the right escalator. You're going up. Amen? Now don't jump off. Stay on, okay? Stay on His escalator. But the truth is, The goal's ahead, and now when we strain forward, it's just like a kid who just wants to get to the top of the escalator a little quicker. Paul goes, I know what's ahead, and I want to do whatever I can to have that feeling that I'll have in heaven, to be free of this body, 
But here, this means a sacrifice. Here, it means a decision to put aside worldly things and to focus on Christ. Let's pray together, and as I do, the worship team can come up and prepare for our final song. Our Father and God, we thank You that You have completely, radically changed our lives. Thank You, Father, for changing that course. And Father, we have felt it. We felt the decay. We felt the death coming towards us. And we are so grateful for the victory of the cross. We are so grateful for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This truth that changes everything. It changes how we look at our day-to-day life. It changes how we look at even the struggles we go through. Because in Christ we know we are already victorious. In Christ we know that we are righteous and acceptable before you. And that we can pray to you in his name. And that you hear us. Father, we thank you so much for this rich blessing. Father, I pray your blessing on the youth corps participants as they travel back to their homes in the next day or so. I pray that you'll just watch over them, give them safe travel. And I pray that decisions that have been made of deeper commitment and understanding that's been granted, and even questions that they have that need answers, I pray that they'll pursue these things with all their hearts. Father, I thank you for the incredible impact you've already had in the lives of these young men and women. And I pray that you just continue to guide them and to lead them and and encourage them. And help them, Father, to want to know your son Jesus above every other thing. Father, I thank you and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.